Thanks for being here. I'm Ludo. And I'm Marge. And this is Speak It Out, a podcast by Shrink It Out. Here, we tell your stories and share our thoughts and encourage debate on psychological and social well-being. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to an episode of Speak It Out. Um, today, we have a very important topic, and I have three guests with me um, to talk about this. We're going to talk about loneliness and I'm here with Annika, Angeliki and Yashna. Um, please do you want to introduce yourself? Cool, thank you Marge. I can start if that's okay with everyone. Um, so hello to you and Yashna and Annika and everybody who's listening to this podcast. Um, I am Angeliki Yanyu, uh, I come from Greece. Uh, when I was 18 I moved to the Netherlands to study psychology to do my bachelor's and then uh, after that I moved to Utrecht to do my master's degree in clinical psychology um, and um, together with uh, Yashna, Anneke and Isabel, the fourth member of our team who is not currently here, um, we have been working together in organizing and facilitating two of uh, Utrecht University's support groups, peer-to-peer support groups, one about grief and bereavement, which was intended for people who have lost their loved ones to death. Um, And the other uh, support group was about loneliness. Um, And there we tried to help people connect with each other through their shared experiences of loneliness. Um, I now live in Utrecht, freshly graduated, so I am exploring my uh, opportunities to work in a psychology prospect, um, with my main focus being on group therapy, um, counseling, even teaching. And yeah, I'm delighted to be back to your podcast. I'm Anneke. Um, I'm also um, connected to UGES University and therefore also to all three of you guys <laughs> joining today. I'm connected to UGES University in the very complicated term, <laughs> which is called a junior assistant professor, which, which um, actually just means that I've uh, that I'm still um, busy um, doing my PhD but also already in a 10-year track track to uh, follow up on science and lectures within the clinical psychology department. I'm very happy to have you have met all of you there, (laughs) as I'm um, mostly involved in the clinical psychology master teaching there, and I have my own private practice, House of Psychology, next to it. And... um, that is also, um, yeah, how we know each other, how, how I know you, Marge, and how I know the others from the Clinical Psychology Master. And from there, on, we moved forward um, with the Clinical Skills Lab, which is an internship I coordinate. And then we move forward to this beautiful peer support uh, project. Nice. Thank you. Um, I can go now. And first of all, yeah, thank you for having us. And um, I will just add a little description about myself since Annika and Agiliki already very properly explained what we've been up to so far. 
Um, my name is Yashna. I am 23 and I'm from India. I also moved to the Netherlands when I was 18 um, to study liberal arts and sciences here. And then I decided that I wanted to pursue psychology further. And yeah, we just graduated from our clinical psychology masters. So we're really fresh out there in the world trying to see what we can work for and do and learn from. Um, and I think, yeah, for now, we've had a wonderful experience with these support groups. And I think we could also go on about it. But to in summary and theory, I think it's made me more interested in grief and loneliness and also realize that these are really um, prevalent topics and that everyone in some capacity either has, is, or will experience this in their lives. And I think normalizing conversations about it is a really great thing. So thank you for um, wanting to do that through your podcast. Um, yeah, should we start by the very basics? What does it mean to feel lonely? I think that's the perfect uh, way to start because um, right away it's also a very, very um, interesting uh, um, thing to start because every one of us, I think, knows how it feels to them if they feel lonely. Um, but if you look into literature and empirical literature, it's actually um, a fact that there are a couple of definitions out there and we have not yet decided on which one is uh, the definition to use. But um, for peer support groups and also, also my research and um, the, research, the research that also uh, Yashna and Angeliki have done, we have used um, the um, definition by Perlman and Peplau, which is that loneliness in its broad, broad sense is a negative experience, um, which is more about the discrepancy between um, realized and desired inter interpersonal relationships. Um, and I personally think that cover this, covers it quite, quite well. But then um, Weiss, Robert Weiss, a long time ago already um, suggested to use attachment theory for this. And he um, he defined it more detail in a more detailed way, saying that there is a, um, something like which is called emotional loneliness, which is actually more about the quality of social relationships. And one could say it's also more the intimacy of social relationships. Um, and the other one is social loneliness. And that is more about the quantity of social relationships. So the broader network. And I think it's very, very important to, and maybe also eye-opening for some already, to, to um, dis distinguish between those two when we think about um, do I feel lonely and what kind of lonely do I feel at this very moment? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a common misconception that when people like they associate loneliness, just a social loneliness. And then when they feel lonely uh, when they're with other people and when they feel well supported, then uh, they maybe can't label this as loneliness or they think there's something wrong, but it's just a different type of loneliness, right? Um, yeah, and it's also beautiful that that this loneliness 
the feeling of loneliness is so subjective and yet universal at the same time, but that that also kind of um, does not uh, amplify, to my um, view, enough the the need to talk about it because we feel like oh everyone feels lonely from from time to time, but then then we do not make these very important differences like okay how 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 often do i feel lonely or is the intensity of my loneliness what is bothering me or is it the emotional loneliness or either social loneliness so that makes it a very fascinating fascinating topic i guess mm-hmm. yeah is there a, uh, an agreed upon way to classify loneliness as like a normal life experience or whether there's something more to it uh, again there there are <laughs> they try to classify it <laughs> but the last word hasn't been spoken okay. and i think to to know that and to know whether it's the intensity or frequency we frequency for example we need to know that in research at this moment the the questionnaires out there they they are either on prevalence so they just ask you do you feel lonely and then you can say yes or no or they say, uh, how often do you feel lonely? Or um, have you suffered from loneliness? Which are three very different questions. And they all three are either about whether it's yeah, happening to you, whether you are bothered by it, or whether it's you know more the frequency or intensity of it. And so therefore, empirically, we do not know which of these types is the one that is considered quote-unquote normal and which is the one that um, may be something to worry about um, and I think that's very important to to um, add when we discuss this um, however I also feel I need to to state that like that loneliness is a, an, a human experience we are um, so much dependent on social on our social environment to to flourish that it's very 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 normal again quote unquote to to uh, feel lonely from time to time but i think um it should not be a chronic experience it should be something that happens to you um, like I said, from time to time and, and also in an intensity that you still feel you can manage. Um, so that that for for example, if I if I stay with myself, like I can feel lonely quite often, but I always and most of the times can handle the intensity. So that for me means it's for me very normal to feel lonely often. And I'm not so much bothered by it. However, there could be some people out there who do not feel lonely very often. But if they feel lonely, they feel very intensely lonely and that they are bothered by that or do not know how to cope with it. And that's totally so that's where the discussion needs to to start if you want to talk about loneliness. So and why would you say like some people experience if we're talking about more of the emotional loneliness, maybe, maybe because social loneliness perhaps is more measurable, but like emotional loneliness, why do people experience it more often than others? And yeah, what are maybe some factors that influence this feeling? 
I can add something to that. And I, I think there's obviously a lot to say for it, but the, the immediate things that pop into my head would be that since the conversation on loneliness is not, it's very, um, everyone's tiptoeing around it. Or even if there is, when you think of the word lonely, the immediate thought you have is physically lonely, like I'm alone. And I think that needs to change because then when people feel what science and what we're trying to call emotional loneliness, they may not even, they may feel like something's wrong with them or like a self-alienation where they may not, because they haven't also maybe been, because pe since there have been less conversations on this, people don't find it so easy to grasp or identify with. But then having said that, the other thing I would say is it depends on the context. So for example, it's a very personal subjective feeling, but then if you look at something like grief, um, and the different definitions of loneliness we've used. Emotional loneliness is, you know, the also the absence of a significant other or someone that you would like to share, uh, uh, to be understood by, a sense of familiarity. And you can be denied that for many different reasons, but if you look at just grief and depending on the type of loss and a lot of different factors, um, I think it's like, it's just this kind of sense of alienation people feel where they have lost a very specific dynamic and relationship they have. And through that, they are all, they've lost a part of themselves. Like a lot of times people will say, oh, I, you know, I lost a part of myself. And what does that really mean? And interestingly, like feelings or I'm feeling empty. People say that, right? I'm, or I don't feel anything. And I think that actually is really interesting because what does it mean when you don't feel anything or when you feel empty does it mean that there's nothing there or does it actually show you like the vacancy that you have like in the absence of something that was present so some you know what i mean yeah, um, yeah so i do think the context matters and yeah i don't know if annika wants to add something to that um, yeah. I think you 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 did a very good job explaining that. The question is also, do people feel more emotional loneliness than social loneliness? I'm 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 not sure that that is out there. Psychologists, <laughs> I would state, do feel more emotional loneliness than social loneliness, but that's very randomly stated. Um, just by observing all of my psychology students, we are, we are, we are just very focused on emotions and wanting to be seen and understood, <laughs> and we we value that part of social relationships a lot. So, um, but I'm not sure whether it's like um, a profound thing that people actually feel more emotional loneliness than social loneliness. However, when it comes to mental ill health or mental health adversities in general, as these are about emotions most of the time and being understood is factually so important, I, th I think with all um, mental health adversities, emotional loneliness is 
that what we feel most of the time because we feel we almost lose certain relationships because um, that we trusted before and that we felt supported by before and suddenly not understood by anymore, for example. And, th and that's something where I would say that for us as psychologists, emotional loneliness is definitely something to focus more um, on also when we talk to our patients. And therefore, um, at this moment in society, it, there is also a lot of discussion about loneliness. And I would want this discussion to be focused more on emotional loneliness for certain ages, for example, especially if I talk about the young adults who are um, connected by social media in so many ways. But the question is whether they are connected emotionally and understood too. Yeah, I, I also have an, an opinion on this um, um, because we can we can uh, take a look at different population groups. For the elderly, it's very different. They might feel more social and emotional, like there's a lot of death around them. But we can also look at um, uh, at young adults. And I remember reading about that specific group that um, young adults are um, more likely to invest more time and energy and more resources in in um, making their social networks bigger and bigger um, to protect themselves from social loneliness. But that may result in the emotional loneliness that they're uh, that comes along with, you know, just trying to increase the quantity of your social ties instead of the quality of it. So maybe that could be a reason um, that younger adults may be experiencing more emotional loneliness uh, than social loneliness, um, you know, because they're sort of trying to fulfill their their life purpose as as social creatures, you know, so they're like, we have to have many people around us. It's it's sometimes uh, a misconception that, you know, that's that's happiness and that's belongingness, but they might be deprived from, you know, the emotional aspect of it. Uh, yeah, I think this um, is a good connecting point to like what um, has been going on in your group sessions. Like what's do you feel are like themes that often come up or what do you, I assume it's a university support group, so you are having a lot to do with young adults. And uh, what have you been observing during these sessions? What are some learnings you have uh, derived from them? So um, we, we, we took the initiative to, um, to build, uh, create this pilot project, uh, these peer-to-peer uh, -peer support groups in the university which um, which were uh, groups that aimed to uh, put people together and, and make them relate to each other through shared experiences and support each other through shared experiences. Um, so the character of these groups was um, mainly like peer-to-peer -peer support. Um, it, it was It was nothing like group therapy. 
but the setup of it did resemble group therapy, but it was more um, taking and, uh, sorry, it was more uh, giving and receiving help from each other. So we all worked in a team. Um, in that group, um, as I said before, uh, the, uh, we accommodated um, students from the university who had experiences of loneliness, who had feelings of loneliness. Um, and what we basically did is that we gathered uh, every second week uh, in a room, we formed a circle of chairs, we sat on the chairs and we just talked all together about loneliness, about all the aspects of, of loneliness. And topics that we addressed were things like uh, what one considers a meaningful relationship or how does loneliness exactly feel like to you? What is your subjective uh, experience of loneliness? Um, we address questions such as do you feel responsible for your loneliness or what do you attribute your loneliness to? What are the consequences of your loneliness? So these were all very um, difficult, deep, reflective questions that were um, in, implicitly and indirect, indirectly um, addressed through various um, group activities that we did together. Um, uh, for example, we did a lot of writing exercises. We wrote on papers, we wrote on post-its, we stuck them around, we made schemes. Um, we tried to make that as interactive as possible. Um, there were uh, members in that group who were away from home and expat life can be very challenging and very um, can get very lonely. But there were also members that were living at home, but they were feeling lonely for their own personal circumstances. Um, but uh, everybody was uh, encouraged to to express uh, their feelings. Um, um, all these uh, activities we did we did in the groups, which were all more or less revolving around the topic of loneliness, um, um, were accompanied by icebreakers. Icebreakers are um, a very uh, common thing in in group settings that kind of aim to make people bond all together. And uh, there was a lot of psychoeducation also for for the listeners that aren't aware of psychoeducation, it's basically providing information um, to a patient, let's say in a, in a, in a, in a therapy setting um, to help them um, understand the causes of their problem and work with it to solve it and feel better. So, um, so there was a lot of, of that also, and it was very much appreciated by the members to know exactly what their feelings are caused by um, um, what is like, what is the whole process, the underlying mechanism of, of all their negative feelings. Um, and during these um, sessions, we really tried to create a bond between ourselves uh, and the members and encourage um, like um, a good connection between them, because it's very important in a group setting to feel connected to your surroundings in order to disclose. Um, and we kept two things 
um, under consideration, two very important key points uh, that relates to loneliness. One is um, uh, that we acknowledged how difficult um, um, how difficult it is for people that are lonely to connect to each other. Um, um, have, having had myself personal experiences with loneliness, I am well aware of um, how, how, how much loneliness can sort of put you in a loop, feeling this pessimism and this discouragement and this disappointment about your social environment, um, which kind of leads to... Um, blaming a lot of inward and outward blame um, for the condition you're in and then withdrawal from social relationships and then um, um, this whole circle this sort of cycle like fueling the loneliness and making you feel even more lonely um, and I am very well aware of how difficult it can be to socialize when you feel lonely, how your social skills weaken and um, how incapable you feel sometimes of, of doing simple things. Um, so we really kept in mind um, how difficult it was for them to be in that group and have to share with each other their feelings. Um, and the other very important key point was the, the stigma around loneliness. There's a huge, huge stigma around, around loneliness um, because um, loneliness is very um, closely connected with inadequacy or with self-pity. So a lot of people feel very ashamed to share uh, that they feel lonely and that sort of... Um, yeah, it, 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 it's 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 making them it's making them feel like they're the only ones being lonely, which adds another layer of loneliness on top of it. So um, we try to keep all these things um, into account and just try to make them be as reflective, as transparent, as honest as they felt like being. We try to make it a safe space for sharing, um, and it was it was actually a very uh, very beautiful thing. Um, it was it was really beautiful. Like a lot of a lot of lessons learned every time, both for us and for them. I hope. Yeah, um, that was very well said. So thank you for summarizing it. Um, and I just want to add to kind of reinforce the points you just said, um, because I was more observing the groups and also participating now and then. But actually, he really took the lead and. What I want to say to the part like the participants we had is that we were very pleasantly surprised by them, by the ones who by their desire to keep showing up and fighting for this and to understand their own feelings, however messy it may feel. So that was really inspiring as people who facilitate these things to see. What I wanted to say to what you said is that um, you know, with pity and um, how loneliness itself is an isolating experience, which can is like a sort of reinforcing cycle. For example, I think a lot of times when you tell someone you're lonely, like if I want to tell somebody I'm lonely, I feel like there's an an unspoken expectation on either my end or their end then that they need to intervene and then do something about it. Um, you know, that they need to either help you or save you from your own loneliness. And which can then lead to disappointment on both ends, because 
it's like a weird dance everyone's doing with each other. Nobody really knows what is happening. And that is precisely why like conversations, really just speaking about it. Or for example, I think someone once said like, okay, like we were talking about what does your loneliness feel like to you right now, just now. And uh, this person said that they were listening to music and they found a really nice song and they were enjoying it and they wanted to share it with someone because so often as a human being, you want to share your happiness or your sadness and emotions with people, right? And they said, I was going through my WhatsApp contact list and I was really scrolling through it and there's nobody in there that I could send this song to. And that made me feel really lonely. Um, and it's things like that, that it's such a um, relatable experience. And I'm sure we have in some way felt that too. And yeah, I think the whole problem is that I just feel like society has these norms that are unsaid where it's like you either you if you reach out too much, it's like, oh, you're being entitled, you're too clingy, you're too this. Um, words are being thrown around so much and then people can very easily get like drawn back into their shell, um, which is why it was so like educational and great to learn from Agiliki and Annika and Izzy and also the people there, what it meant to them. And the more you talk about it, the more heard you feel yourself just by listening also. Like I really sense from the way you're talking about it, how like, um, yeah, like wholesome and uh, fulfilling this experience was for you. And I and I can imagine yeah, what you said uh, also, Yashna, right now of uh, when we talk to people about loneliness and how they immediately feel like this pressure to intervene. I, um, I think this is especially true with loneliness and perhaps what really inhibits people to uh, to openly discuss it. So um, I think what you did with this peer support group is um, really, really important. What are, um, like, now that we're reaching an end of this conversation, what are, if there are people listening from home and hearing, like, okay, um, I do experience recurring feelings of loneliness and I want to do something about it, what is something they could do, for example? To me, um, loneliness can be tackled um, in two ways, um, externally and internally, right? Um, so, first of all, um, first of all, I want to make the disclaimer that there are no easy solutions, right? Um, these are things that I have... Um, that I have learned throughout this journey of, you know, working with this topic and also experiencing it a lot. Um, there are no easy solutions, um, but um, it it is somehow recommended intern if we see it internally first, um, some level of acceptance that um, loneliness is something experienced by everyone and it's a part of the human condition. Um, um, then I wanna jump to like external ways to do it. Um, and then I'll jump back again to the internal. Um, but in terms of our social environment, um, it, is, it, it is very important for me to evaluate the social context, evaluate your current relationships sometimes 
our relationships makes us makes us feel more lonely than you know not having relationships if you um hang out with a group of people and you are not comfortable being your true self that can really really result in a very lonely experience so um it would be it would be um quite helpful to sort of evaluate the current relationships and how they make you feel um and and the ones that don't make you feel good um and addressing loneliness to your friends your family the people that you trust and you love um there's nothing wrong with calling a friend and being like hey um can you come hang out with me or can you come sleep with me i'm feeling lonely right now there's really nothing wrong with that um and then if we look at it um from the other side um i think it is very very important to figure out what is your true self stop serving um what you think people expect from you and start making decisions for yourself find that true self embrace it and just show it to more people because um that's gonna sort of break the cycle break the loop of loneliness and gonna make you feel better also at least that's what i have tried for myself and um there is a lot of room for improvement in that sense do you have any other recommendations yashna yeah i actually whatever you said was also really making my head pop up with or like resonating uh, so i'm going to quickly i'm a little chaotic so please bear with me mm-hmm. i'm trying to say things how i was feeling them um okay exactly i agree with acceptance and acknowledging the fact okay for i can speak for myself and how i've experienced it maybe and that um a lot of times when i'm lonely i feel like i'm i mean escaping or running away from it you know i'd i wouldn't want to stay at home a lot of times because i'd just be like oh i don't know why but i'd be like oh i need to be outside because if i'm outside you know i'm outside i'm around people not necessarily with people but i'm not alone at home and i really found myself in a situation where i would do that a lot i'd reach out to people that i didn't necessarily want to see just because i didn't want to be alone and then i think what that does is i mean what helped me is acknowledging the fact that okay i am it felt like i was running away from something or escaping something and once you accept and acknowledge that it's it's good to self reflect whether it's through journaling or talking to friends or even going to therapy which is something i definitely did um it's reaching like what are you running from so kind of understanding that and seeing what triggers you or like just learning more about yourself and being curious to be you know more self aware but then um i i would go to a cafe and sit around people and i just work there i do everything that i could do at home but just outside but moving on from that what i realized is it's something that i'm realizing still so it's not it's a journey right it hasn't really ended or there's no conclusion but i'm feeling really good so i'll share it is that increasingly i'm embracing being alone more and i know it sounds very cliche but it's true and it, i didn't 
do anything actively for it. Maybe I'm surrounding myself by people who inspire me and that's doing something to me from the inside. I don't know. But I'm really enjoying being in nature and walking and it really makes me happy. And what I would do earlier is if I was at home, I'd just scroll on Instagram. So my advice would be if you find yourself in similar situations, drop the phone, just drop it um, and go outside. Like really just as a shocker, you know, separate yourself from that situation you're in. And I would say reach out to people like Atliki also said. Um, yeah, I think the whole thing is that don't feel like, okay, my last point will be don't feel like you are forcing or projecting your expectations or feelings onto other people. And I think it's really beautiful to be vulnerable. And I know all of this sounds also very like, um, I don't know, very pretentious maybe, but it's not because I've been there and it's, I found that in the moments that I've been most vulnerable, not even intentionally, but I'm trying to share with someone how I feel about something and how it made me feel um, are the moments that we are the closest to each other because you're really, as human beings, opening yourself and you're like, this is who I am. And sometimes people may not accept that and that's okay, but there will be that one person who will love you even more for it or see you. And I think if you can have that just by being vulnerable, um, one of my bestest friends um, said to me once we had a very emotional moment with her about something personal to me. And she said, that's the moment that I really loved you more. Or I was like, oh, I want to, you know, I see you. And I didn't expect that ever. And I'm like, huh, why? But it's true and because that's if you touch someone's heart or you resonate with something, that's how you connect. So really don't be scared to do that. Um, you don't know what beautiful people it'll bring to you for however long. So, yeah, that is what I think. Um, no, thank you, uh, Agiliki and Yashna. I think you summarized it so well and also so beautifully from your personal experience and I think mm, there are um, at least two points I would want to add because exact um, we talked about accepting and acceptance is such oh it 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 sounds so easy it's so hard it's it's so hard and it's also not sustainable at least that's what I have come to learn like I've like with several um things I have thought that I was there I, I was accepting and then the context changes or or I change from the inside and I wouldn't recognize and suddenly I wasn't accepting anymore and I was like why how, how can this happening like be happening and so uh for me the the thing that helps me most with all mental health adversities and I think it's also um the same for loneliness at least for me is um, dare to have a look. We can't heal what we can't see. Um, and that's, if, if, I, if I look at myself, that is the step I need to do before even starting to accept anything. Like I have to dare to, to have a look at it and sit with it and feel all the feels about it. And that links so beautifully to peer support, at least the way that we are doing it at Utrecht University at this very moment, is that 
all people that um, decide to join the group, um, even if it's just for one time, um, they ha all have a lived experience with ex the exact same thing that you are coming um, for. And that means, um, linking back to what Yashna early said, uh, earlier said, um, very often it means they do not feel the urge to change anything. They have been there, so they are like, oh, I can feel you, that sucks. And that's it, right? And then you are allowed to just stay with your feeling and to stay there and to maybe get sad about it, maybe get angry about it, maybe just let it be, but it's um, visibly and it, it's, it's, you, you are able to feel it. And that's the first thing you need to do. And it's very, very okay to not want to do that on your own, but rather in a group of people who you think will understand um, at least this phenomenon. Um, so I think getting support with people who have the same lived experience is so important in this one. Um, it also helps to get out of your own brain <laughs> in the sense that, that a lot of us reflect on how we feel. Once we dare to look, we reflect on how we feel, but then our brain can only give us what our brain is used to giving us, right? That's how our brains work. They are efficient. They always do the, th the same thing. And that's also, again, why I would say going out there and, and, and um, sharing with a friend or family or in peer support uh, helps you just to get another perspective on things. And that exactly helps you with the vicious circle that that was mentioned before too, right? You have your own assumptions about how things have started or how, how what what the reasons are that you are that you can't get out of it. And um, taking someone else's perspective can be so refreshing with that, and you will not will not uh, feel the change right away. Absolutely not. This is a long-term project for everyone, right? But it will definitely impact um, you in at least the sense that you can look at yourself from a diff different um, perspective once again. And the last thing is get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> They are so understanding. Or maybe it's not the last thing. I, one last thing, one thing that I also just popped up um, off for me, and maybe that's um, where I am at um, relationship-wise, especially when we talk about emotional loneliness, right? We want to be seen. We want to be understood. We, we want that one person that comes like when I come home, I want to, one eye contact and and that then someone gets me a drink, <laughs> something else. But but what I've come to understood is that also with our emotions, I have to by now build a network of people who I would exactly know um, to which to whom I would want to turn to for a specific feeling uh, if I would want to be understood 
right away. And sometimes that's the case. Sometimes I do not want to go to my partner because I know I would have to explain a lot until you really would get me. And that's fine because that's why you balance me. But right now I just don't want to use any words for it. I just want to like say this and then someone immediately saying, yeah, I get you. And that's where friends and a, and, and a, a, a yeah, diversity come into play, right? So that's why we do not want to reach out and have just that one person. We want several persons to to fulfill our needs when it comes to emotions. So for anyone who sees this podcast and is inspired, and especially if you're at Utrecht University, um, from May, um, in May and June, we're going to have another session of the Loneliness Peer Support Group. And um, it's going to be open, which means that anyone and everyone can join if you're from Utrecht University. And we would really encourage you to feel free like, to drop by and share your thoughts to us. Yeah. If you go to Let's Talk at um, Utrecht University, you, found, you will also find the grief support group there, for example, and other lovely in initiatives. Um, thank you again, all of you, for joining and sharing all of you, all of that you have learned about this topic and for everyone listening, hear you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.